Good morning, Harmony. Would you stand up with us this morning? Welcome to church the day after Christmas. So we're going to sing just praising Jesus this morning and then end our Christmas series with a message this morning. I'm glad you're here to worship with us. So come, let us worship the King this morning. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at his feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great somebody tell them you're glad to see them have you had a good weekend so far Christmas are you glad it's almost over almost we have Christmas at our house today 
So we need to break off those chains of, of all the busyness and hustle and bustle and let God speak to us this morning. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. Yes, there's a better life. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out. Somebody testify. Yes. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. Sing it out. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. singing this morning. You may be seated. I want to welcome each and every one of you here today to uh, celebrate the day after Christmas. And uh, you all have been so faithful through the month of December. It's uh, awesome to see what God has done here at Harmony and through Harmony. There are just a, a couple of prayer requests that we want to mention. Um, many of you know Ray Brewer was part of the back row club back there with Rose and her sister Ray has passed. He passed Christmas Eve and uh, we need to pray for the Brewer family, his sons Dale and uh, 
in their time of loss. No arrangements have been made yet. They'll make those arrangements tomorrow. So just keep them in your prayer, the Brewer family. And uh, Rose's sister, Merle or Fran, however you know her, she's got some bad test results back, so she's in need of prayer until they figure out what they're going to do with her. Uh, Darlia Delk is still in the hospital. There's many that just need God's healing touch. And we have an opportunity this morning to pray for them and ask him to touch their lives, ask him to bring healing if that's his will. And we can just hold these people up in prayer because that's our opportunity and our responsibility to do. So let's make sure we do that. Pastor John isn't here this morning. So I have the privilege this morning to speak. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this last Christmas message. Uh, we have a lot to learn from the wise men this morning. And hopefully we will learn from the wise men and not the wise guys. That's what it's all about. So let's go ahead and open in prayer as we continue to worship this morning. Father, I'm thankful for this place you've given us to worship you. I'm thankful for the Christmas story, the foundation of our faith. And Father, as we gather here today to hear a message one more time about the birth of Christ, what it means to us and what it could mean to us even today, I pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds, to this story. Father, that you would be with me as I preach. And Father, give me the words. And Father, keep the words away that I don't need to say. As we just continue to worship you this morning, through the stories we've heard about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men, Father, we need to realize that all of our hope is in you. So, Father, as we sing these next couple songs, let your presence inhabit these praises. We thank you and praise you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with us one more time. I want you to really think about these words this morning. See if you can relate to them.
Break him down to his knees. God, I've been broken more than a time or two. Yes, I have. Then he picked me up and showed me what it means to be a hope is in Jesus, then that sets us up to bring him our gifts, our worship, the honor that only he deserves. So as we sing this song, you've sang it a few times in December. It's my favorite Christmas song because of what it means to me. We need to offer ourselves to him. Sing these words with me now. Over the skies of Bethlehem appeared a star. While angels sang to lowly shepherds. Three wise men seeking truth traveled from afar. Hoping to find the child from heaven. Falling on their knees, they bowed before the humble Prince of Peace. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor.
you may be seated. Please pay attention to the video screen. What name could contain such What name glory? could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden. In the cool breezes of Eden. Brought from the infant earth. Brought from the infant one earth. One arose. The voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam. Man. And as heaven waited short with breath, the Creator spoke yet another, Mother of all Eve, the living. Mother so of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nation. Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God. The universe gasped into being, flinging rays of light from his presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And he is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in him. He was everlasting father when orphaned Israel needed a father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves. When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting father who lights the way home. He is prince of peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials, shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor, God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years, breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity. Exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title? What soul renowned? But this is our wonderful counselor. This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What name could contain Emmanuel, God, with us? Yahweh, the great I Am. What name could contain the word of life, the light of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of all? We bow to the name that holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain? What name could contain such 
a glory. What name? What name? But Jesus. But Jesus. We cry Jesus. We cry Jesus. We cry holy. We cry holy. And is the name. There we go. Now I can whisper. Jesus, in the name above all names. We've spent the entirety of December focused on Jesus. We didn't focus on snowmen. We didn't focus on fat guys in red suits. We didn't focus on jingle bells or decking the halls. We focused on Jesus. John led a series of messages called Celebrating the Name of Jesus, and he talked about celebrating that name with Joseph, celebrating that name with Mary, celebrating that name with the shepherds. And this morning, it's fitting that we go on to right after the birth of Jesus to celebrate the name of Jesus with the wise men. Also in the month of December, the worship department gave a presentation of joyful and triumphant, a musical celebration of Christmas. And we walked down through the scriptures telling that story once again of the name of Jesus. And then just a couple days ago, Christmas Eve, John preached a message here at Christmas Eve Candlelight, encouraging us to make room for Jesus. The songs that we sang this morning, he has done great things. He is worthy of our worship. He's come to this earth that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So he is a chain breaker. He's a promise keeper. He's all of those things. And we can put our hope and our trust in Jesus. And when we get to those things all pulled together, then we can offer our Christmas offering, and that is ourselves to him. So this morning, as we look at the wise men, today, the day after the day, we choose to celebrate Christmas. It's fitting to look at the wise men because they came on the scene a few months after that first Christmas night. Their story is truly an exclamation point to the story of Jesus and his birth. The wise men are a unique group, and we don't know much about them out of the Bible. But as we look at Matthew chapter number 2, in verses 1 through 12, we can get an idea what it took for them to make the journey, why they made the journey, what it meant that they made the journey, what they did on the journey, and how that applies to me and you today, and how it can change our outlook on Christmas, not only through the holiday season, but for every day of the year. 
So let's look at Matthew chapter number two and verse number one. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born of king of Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler." Who will, my, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now there's much to unfold in this story about the wise men, even though the Bible gives us little information on them. Matthew is the only one of the Gospels that actually mentions the wise men. And the more I studied about what to say this morning, the more answers that I looked for, the more questions I ended up having. Isn't that great how the Bible works that way? It just hooks you and then starts reeling you in. And that's what we need to do this morning. So in all the busyness, yeah, I studied, but I realized the more I studied, the more I would have to study. And if I studied all that out and tried to figure it out myself, we would be here all day. And I know you don't want that. So I looked at some commentaries. I let the experts that studied this thing out give us some information. And we're just going to talk about that this morning. And for those of you who have listened to me preach before, I do have notes here on my iPad. But man, I have trouble following notes. So just follow me, all right? So in my studies over the last month or so, we find out that that historically the wise men were said to be from either Babylon or Mesopotamia. In the Far East as we know it today, which is in the area of Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, that area. And the Magi, as they're described in the Bible, were people who studied astrology and astronomy. That's how they made their living, they studied the stars. And I'll be the first to say that when it's a starry night, I love just looking up at the stars. But to study them, it's not in me. 
probably the, the most beautiful starry sky I've ever seen. Teresa and I were in Arizona. And we were, we had visited family in Tucson and we were driving north to the Grand Canyon. And we were, it was dark outside late. And I stopped the car on the side of the road out in the desert, turned the lights off and opened my door and looked up and then I got scared. It's dark out there. <laughs> There's snakes and stuff in the desert but you could see all the stars, all God's majesty. So, so for these wise men to have studied stars and astrology and astronomy, one day they saw something that they'd never seen before, a star in the east. What did that mean? We spend our lives looking at the stars We've never seen this before. What does that mean? So they were experts in the stars. So they started going around and asking their scribes, their historians of their day, what this meant. Now the reason a lot of people think they were from the Babylon area is because the Jewish people were in captivity in Babylon for hundreds of years. And there was still plenty of Jewish families and influence in that area because of the captivity. People ended up just staying there. So as the wise men started studying, investigating, something that they had spent their entire lives studying, they're curious. They want to know more. So they start asking around. And we do this in our lives. If if I have a plumbing problem, I call a plumber. If I have a musical problem, I can usually figure it out, right? But we go to the people that we think are experts that can help us figure things out. So the wise men from the East, they tried to figure this out. Something that they had spent their entire lives studying, they spent more time that time talking to people to try to figure out what this all meant. When they saw what, they, what we know as the Star of Bethlehem, that put them into motion. And when they had talked to everybody they could, it all pointed to Jerusalem from where they were. So what do they do? They start making preparations. They talk to people. Back then, you didn't travel alone. Now, we can talk about tradition, but we don't know how many wise men there really were. We know there were more than one because it says wise men. We typically say there's three because they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but we don't know that. There could have been a huge group. But regardless how many wise men there were, they always traveled in the entourage, their posse, if you would. So they had to make all those preparations. That took time. They got all their supplies together. They loaded their camels. They did all of these things. They gathered the gifts that they would bring because they knew from talking to historians, scribes, that something special had happened. 
the Savior was born. And the more they prepared, the more they thought about it, the more they studied it, the more they prepared, the more they had to get there. So they packed up, got their people together, and they headed east. It took a lot of time. But it took everything they had to make this journey. So as they went to Jerusalem, what do you do when you're searching for a king? You go to the palace, right? Have you picked up that I'm adding to this story a little bit? Because we don't know. But it says they went to King Herod and say, hey, we know the king of the Jews is born. Where is he? Now, King Herod is a character that we have to talk about just for a minute. We don't want to give him too much time because he's a nasty guy. But King Herod, when he heard that they were looking for the one born king of the Jews, was troubled. And the verses say, and Israel was troubled with him. Why is that? Because he was a tyrant. You've heard the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, if King Herod wasn't happy, nobody was happy, and there were a lot of dead people along the way. King Herod historically was known to kill family members that thought was threatening his throne. Anybody that came into the territory that he felt was a threat, he had them executed. He was troubled by the fact that there was born a baby king of the Jews because he had taken the kingship he had taken the throne by force. He was not Jewish. He was not the descendant of Jacob. He was a descendant of Esau. He wasn't Jewish by blood or family. And the more we know about King Herod, the more we realize he was a tyrant, he had a black heart, and he had bad motives. And if we had, if we had told the story all the way through, He's the one that proclaimed that every Jewish child, boy, two years and younger, needed to be killed to protect his throne. That's who the wise men went to. Where is the baby born king of the Jews? That's scary. But from that point, Herod was devising a plan, a bad, evil plan, but a plan nonetheless. So he said, hey, guys, wise guys, do me a favor. You go find Jesus. And then when you found him, bring word back to me that I can go and worship him too. Okay? <laughs> That's how it went down. Now, from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, it's only a few miles if Herod really wanted to worship him, he would have said, all right, let's go. But no, he called the, his scribes and religious people and said, I need to know more about this Jesus. These guys came from the, the West and said, hey, I need to know where he is. So you can only imagine when King Herod was looking for information, how afraid people were. So as we start looking, they know the answers. They went to the book of Micah and said, in Bethlehem, that's where he's going to be born. 
it shook me this time reading through this that they hadn't seen the star. They didn't realize what was happening. Why not? They weren't looking. They knew about it, but they just weren't looking for it. Let's not be there. So when the wise men went to Bethlehem, when they started that journey again, the Bible says that that star appeared again and led them right to the house where Jesus was. That's amazing to me. Because I can look up at the stars and I can't tell you what a star is standing over. Even if it had a pointy tail pointing down. Oh, that's got to be pointing to my favorite restaurant or something. I, I don't know. But the wise men went to the house where Jesus was. And they found the baby. They found the young child, Mary and Joseph. The whole trip, the whole preparation, everything that they had done to prepare for this moment was right then and there. They went into the house. These wise men, highly educated, they fell on their knees and worshiped. Their whole trip, all of their preparation was coming down to this one time where they fell and worshiped the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Everything that they had worked for was right then and right there. And when they realized that they were truly in the presence of the King of Kings, they brought out their gifts. Expensive gifts, again, that were from the area of Babylon. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now the story doesn't tell us how long they stayed there. I'm saying they stayed there at least one night because the Bible says that God gave them a dream that they shouldn't go back to see King Herod. But they should take that experience and go back to their country a different way. Now, if we take that whole story and dissect it just a little bit, so you and I today can figure out what it took for them to make that journey, it will help us make that same journey toward Jesus. So the first thing that they took was their time. We all have the same amount of time every day that the wise men did. We have the same amount of time every day that King Herod had. So the question is, what are we doing with our time? 
The wise men had spent their entire lives studying astronomy and astrology and the stars and, and what it meant and how it all came together. And they took their time to find Jesus. Once Herod had heard about Jesus, he took a little bit of his time so he could find Jesus. But the reason he wanted to find Jesus is so he could kill him. Us sitting here in the room, we're somewhere between those two. We all have the same amount of time every day that we can dedicate to, to good things, to great things. We can take our time to, to learn how to play an instrument. We can take our time to, to be a better leader. We can take our time to be a better husband, wife, parent, grandparent. We can take our time to learn a trade and a vocation, but it has to come down to giving our time to the one thing that matters most, and that is to know Jesus more. As, as I scan across this room, we have teenagers, we have people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I know that for sure. Anybody in their 90s in here? Each of us are at a different place in the journey with Jesus. Some of us have been saved a long time. I got saved August of 1970. I was just a boy. Some of you have not been in a relationship with Jesus very long. Some of you, my dad's here this morning. He's been saved a lot longer than I have. But each one of us, no matter where we're at in our walk with Christ, need to take that opportunity to take one step closer and then one step closer. The Bible says that we work out our salvation little by little and step by step. Jesus Jesus means something to me today differently than he did back in 1970. In 70, as a kid, I knew I was a sinner that needed a savior. And now these 40-some years later, I've seen God work miracles in my life. I've seen him offer salvation to my son. We're working on my grandkids. But the more time we give to him, the more it impacts our lives. So what are you doing with your time? Are you doing something to get closer to God? Or are you just here checking off a box, saying, I went to church this week. I heard Jesus' name, but that's about it. We have an opportunity every day to take our time and make a difference. The second thing that the wise men use is their talents. They knew what the stars meant. And when they found out they didn't know it all, they found out more about that star. We all have talents. I believe personally that every talent that you have is God's gift to you. 
it's not just musical talent, but it's leadership. Jeff Webb down here has a talent for ministering to handicap, to the special needs kids. That's something God gave him. We could go seat by seat here and, and just expose that we all have talents that God has given us. When we take those talents, those abilities, as a gift from God, and we wrap them back up and hand them back to God, that's when your talents start making a difference. Now, we all have different talents. Randy back there is an EMT, paramedic, firefighter, man of many talents. And we could go again around the room. My son, I'm proud of him. He's our drummer, but he's a guitarist, and he plays a little bit of everything. But he's a great business person, but he's here serving. So we can take the talents that we have, wrap them back up, and give them right back to God. That's when they start making a difference. Now, we have various talents, but each and every one of us in this room have one ability that God has given to every one of us equally. If we take this one ability and give it back, it's going to make a difference in the work of Jesus, but most importantly in your life. And that ability, hopefully you know it, is your availability. The wise men set everything aside, their vocation, their hobbies, their life, everything was set aside so they could use their talents to find Jesus. We have to get to the point in our lives where we give things back to God that he's given to us to make that full circle, to make the difference. The next thing that the wise men offered, you guessed it, is treasure. After all of their time spent, all of their efforts, all of their abilities wrapped up into this trip, they finally got to the culmination of their trip, and that is to offer something to Jesus. Now, they offered gold, frankincense, and myrrh after they had offered their time and their talents. Now, to me, treasure is, is far beyond money because most of my life I haven't had much of that money. But your treasure is anything that you do treasure. Your family, your vocation, your hobbies, the things that you do every day that bring you joy our treasures. Last year at Mother's Day, we handed out a, a thing that could be framed, and I hope some of you ladies have done that, but the, the phrase said something to the effect like that your greatest, I can't think of the word, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of heaven may not be something you give, but someone you raise. What do you treasure in this life? If you take those treasures 
far beyond money with the things that you focus on in your life and you offer them to God. Suddenly your outlook on everything changes because you're looking through the lens of your treasure. That's how God has made us. When we ascribe worth to something, it changes how we act and react to every situation in life. And that can be good, that can be very bad too. So when you ascribe worth to something, that is a treasure. And when you take that treasure, something that you have ascribed worth to, and you offer it back so that the kingdom of God can be furthered, so the gospel can penetrate not only in this room, but in this community, in this state, and then globally, you've used your treasure for the right thing. It's to find Jesus. Now, the last thing that they used. Yeah, I said last thing. It's the last point. They used their testimony. From the day they saw the star, from the day it appeared, the first thing they did was look at each other, no matter how many of them were, and say, what is that? And they started talking to one another about it. And then they went to everybody they could find that would know anything. Can you tell me about this star? This is what we've seen. Can you tell me more? We've studied this our whole life, and, and our testimony is we've never seen this, but we want to know more. And then people started giving them information. And then they put their travel plans together. They packed up. And I'm sure everybody that they crossed on the way to Jerusalem, on the way to Israel, and then on the way to, to Bethlehem, knew why these people were traveling. We've seen a star in the east. We've got to figure it out. Can you tell me anything about it? Please help me. I, I need to know more. And then they, they walked right up to the palace and said, King Herod, we know he was born. Where is he? Can you show us where the king of kings and the lord of lords is? Then they found out he was in Bethlehem, and they went and they testified right there to Joseph and Mary that we've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Now, can you just imagine how Mary and Joseph were feeling? Let's just talk about that for a little bit. You've had those big days in your life where everything went right, and and I know God moved in my life and, and things were just so special. Well, Mary Joseph had realized that a, a few months ago when the angels came to the shepherds and the shepherds came to the manger and offered their worship. But now it's been what we assume is months. And suddenly... A knock on the door, an entourage of royalty walks into this little house and bows. It worships and offer extravagant gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
What a boost of faith that had to be for Mary and Joseph. Because from that high day months ago, they were still wondering, how is this going to happen? What's it going to be like? But they had a testimony from the wise men that it truly had happened the way God had described. And they were there to worship the young child. What's your testimony this morning? Again, we can look at the wise men on how they were pursuing Jesus with everything they had. We could look at Herod that was pursuing Jesus just to make him go away. There's some in this room that maybe don't know Jesus as personal savior. You know about him, but you don't know him. Now, I've, I've been raised in church, and I've told you many times, I've been going to church since nine months before I was born. And I can take you through the progression of, I went to church because dad made me. And then I went to church because my playground buddies were there. And then I went to church because there was a pretty blonde that went to church. <laughs> but then I went. I went to church because It said some people miss heaven by 18 inches. That's the length from your head to your heart. It's not enough to know about Jesus. It's not enough to know his name. You have to take that next step and trust him. Let him be your Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Your wonderful counselor. Your mighty God. Your everlasting Father. Your Prince of Peace. When you do that, it makes all the difference in the world for all eternity. Now, verse 12 in Matthew 2 says, and when being warned in a dream not to go return to Herod, but they went to their country another way. In the King James, it says a different way. That is a description of salvation. Because the Bible says when you meet Jesus and you accept him as your Lord of Lords, that all things, all old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. I remember the day that I became a new man in Christ, that all old things had passed and everything became new. And at that point, my testimony changed from I'm going to church because a cute girl is there to I'm going to church because God loves me and I need to learn more about him. And I need to tell more people about him.
So when we look at this story of the wise men that saw the star, they took their time, their talent, their treasure, and their testimony to pursue Jesus. Through all the messages in December, I hope that it's driven home to you that we need to pursue Jesus with everything that we have, with all that we are. Because friends, we're running out of time. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, as we've just looked at this story, a story we know a little bit about, and I'm sure there's volumes that could have been written on the wise men's studies, their plans, their travels. Father, to imagine the entourage that traveled with them when they saw Jesus for the first time. And the wise men bowed and worshiped him. That changed their lives forever as well. So Father, help us get a hold of this truth that there's nothing more important in life than pursuing you. Father, as we end the year 2021, a lot of people say, thank God it's almost over. Father, as we look at 2022, help instill in each of our lives the urgency to know you more. Help instill in all of our lives that we have as much time as everybody else that we can attribute to you. We have talents that you've given us that we can give right back to you to make a difference for the kingdom of God. We have treasures that you've given us. You own everything, but Father, you've allowed us to manage treasures in our lives from our money to our family to our vocations that we can, we can willingly give back to you to make a difference for the cause of Christ. And Father, when we ascribe that worth to you, it changes our testimony, it changes our talk, where we look at everything through the lens of you and your love for us, that we can be that salt and that light in this world that so desperately needs you. So Father, move in our lives, move in our hearts in a way that only you can. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with Thank me? you for being a part of yeah, Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope to with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we song, have to do Sierra, is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all about. eternity. 
Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal Savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and He demonstrated His love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.